You're listening to Gamer Podcast. I'm Eric from the Gamer.com editorial team, and this week we get caught up on the Pokemon Direct, Splatoon 3 Direct, and Evo. After that, we talk about Spider-Man Remastered on PC and the Diofield Chronicles. Let's go! Welcome to the show. We are back after a unannounced uh, break last week. Of course, we were uh, protesting the lack of a new evolution in Pokemon Scarlet. Um, <laughs> Very formal <laughs> week of absence, I think. Justified. Yeah. yeah, we wanted to make our voices heard by not saying anything but we're all very upset. I feel let on, to be honest. Because you've been in the you've been in the trenches with this stuff. You've been like doing your research and getting ready for it, and now it's just like not happening. Look, there's always well, it might do, but you never there's know. There's always wishful thinking. Everybody wants a new evolution every generation, but I feel like this time, uh, the the clues were there. There was some there was some teasing, but yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. We're also behind it. It's been every t- two generations since Gen 2. We didn't get one in 8. Right. So we should have been getting one now in 9. But uh, yeah, well, it's like not. We had a Pokemon Direct uh, last week. Um, we saw a lot more than I was expecting. Um, some interesting departures from the formula, I think. We already knew that it was kind of open world style and that Mm. uh, you could tackle the gyms in any order, but also there's no scaling difficulty, which is something I still don't really understand how that's going to work. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work because that just means there is going to be a set order to do it in. Right. (laughs) Because you'll get to a gym and just won't be able to progress if your Pokemon aren't powerful enough. So will that just be a case of having to find the one you can do? Because if if so, I'd rather be guideposted. Of course, yeah. Even in Sword and Shield, when you start out in the first wild area and there's Pokemon that are too strong to catch, I felt frustrated. Like, Mm. oh, I'm not supposed to be here right now. Why? Why? Why am I wasting my time here? Um, And if they're just going to be like, go wherever you want, like it's Breath of the Wild, baby. But then the Pokemon are level 85, and there's nothing you can do. That sounds weird. Um, another thing that sounds weird is that the box art Pokemon, Coridon and his little brother, Meridian. Meridian, thank you. Uh, you Apparently these are mounts that you'll have from very early in the game. That's different. I think it's a good idea, because I think the legendaries are terrible. I, I don't mean yeah. these legendaries, I mean the concept of legendaries. Every single Pokemon fan, their favorite legendary Pokemon is one of the birds. It's uh, one of the dogs from Gen 2 or possibly it's Luigi. Or it's the first one they played. There's no other option. No, it's, yes. Nobody's yep. sure legendary Pokemon is Eternatus. It just isn't. <laughs> or Deancey. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, you're right. The If it looks like a big dragon and it's from Gen 1 or Gen 2, it's probably your favorite. Or a big exactly. bird, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 
are you still gonna have to catch this thing at the end though? Because they're not gonna I let you battle get given with it. to you. Like a starter. It'd be like, oh, take this on your journey, or you'll meet it as like part of the story. Yeah. And it will agree to like travel with you. Like the red lion in Wind Waker. He's like, oh well, it probably won't talk, but it's like, oh, I can guide <laughs> you on your journey. Hop on, and then you're off. Like that kind of thing. We yeah, I don't think that's gonna be the end game. I think there'll be a an alternative version one that's not on the box that you catch. But they have also said there's going to be an end game that is not related to what we've done before. It's not related to Battle Tower, or... catching them all, and yeah. yeah, going through like Shield Bat and Sword Bat, as I think they were called in Open Shield with a funky hair. Uh, the story revolves around a treasure hunt. Your students at a Pokemon school. We saw a little bit of that in the Pokemon Direct. But I think everybody's really fixated on the fact that um, they both look like motorcycles, but one of them runs. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really great. Love that idea. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's up now. I think by the time this goes live, it will be. But I've written about that. It just annoys me so much because I was going to get the one set in the past. Yeah. Um, which we don't know exactly how that'll work. But it just really annoys me. Not that it doesn't use its wheels. That the wheels are still there and they look so stupid. Yeah, the they there's a like symmetry to their design, right? There, mm. which is I'm. It's going to be justified. Obviously, we're doing like a past and future thing. Mm. One of them looks futuristic, uh, and one of them doesn't. But they have like a a mirrored design. But for some reason, uh, the they both have a motorcycle wheel. It's like a Flintstones car, the way he runs. <laughs> yeah, it just it runs with its legs. And I don't know. I keep seeing uh, people being like, oh, one of them is an air sack and the other one is its tail curled up. Uh, and that seems really stupid because you could just not do put not. Yeah, these, these things aren't real. We're not looking at like real <laughs> yeah. animals and saying, what's this elephant? Its ears are too big. It just uh, it doesn't need them. Like, what's the. It's got big ears and a big trunk and a tiny little tail. Who did this? Yeah. This is a made-up thing that somebody has made up. Um, and it's quite... As legendary go, I think it's quite cool looking. It's quite simplistic. It's not over-designed. You know, you're not really going to go wrong with the the red lizardy colour scheme. It's kind of like Groudon, but a little bit less metallic-y. I, I like it, but then it's like, oh, just a tire sticking out of it. Yeah, we saw them flying and running. I just realized we did not see them swimming. Did did they have like a boat? Uh, I don't think we did see them swim. We saw them climb, like they could climb uh, cliffs. Yes, just like in Breath of the Wild, basically. <laughs> yeah. And then they glide, just like in Breath of the Wild. Andrew King's making a, a late addition. Just popped into the podcast studio. Hello, I'm here and I'm ready to. A very talk physical about the studio. News. That's right. Yes, I got my bagel in hand and my coffee, and I'm ready to talk about the news. Um, we are just wrapping up Pokemon Direct, but I also wanted to mention we saw a couple of new ones or just one. I, I'm remembering new Fido. So the, the, the whale, the big metal whale yes. thing. Yeah. Uh, they're really leaning into the food-themed Pokemon. Yeah. 
Are we going to be able to actually eat a Pokemon in this one? Um, we well, this one, this one, like, breathe yeast on you. It'll give you a yeast infection. Like, oh, that's right. this one's thing. It oh, doesn't. Right. It breathes in air and it breathes out yeast. So, oh wow, yeah, that's a fun thing to have. It's a, uh, it's a adorable little doughy dog that has thrash. <laughs> <laughs> so magical and whimsy. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon. Everyone <laughs> needs treatment immediately. <laughs> Put this dog down. <laughs> um. I am going to get hands-on time with uh, the new Pokemon in a couple weeks at PAX West, and you can too if you're going to be at PAX West. Uh, I don't imagine we'll have another Direct until probably right before it comes out. Yeah, they might pull a Xenoblade and have one like two weeks before. Right. I mean, they're going to get a big push. It's Pokemon. Right, and there's still so much we don't know. Well, they did say because there's, there's three parts to it. They've said part one. One of the three stories will be Jim's very best that no one ever was, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they said they'd tell us the other two another time. Now, knowing yeah. Nintendo, they might just tweet it out on a Tuesday, um, <laughs> but they also might do a real long direct where they spend forty-five minutes telling us uh, what epic adventures await in Breath of the Pokemon. Mm. We played Breath of the Wild. <laughs> mm -hmm. We've made that game. It, it seems like one of those threads is just going to be whatever the Team Rocket equivalent is, right? Like who the villains are for this game, or are they saying that it is like a three-part story? Like I thought, I thought one story was the school, yeah. or is that mm. still the gyms? They've been really coy about what it is. That they, they said in the Direct, I believe, um, I didn't watch it just before we did this, so I'd be slightly misremembering. But I believe they've said they haven't told us about strands two and three. Now it might be the school because haven't really told us what the school is. Maybe it's mm. uh, you know there's there's tests or some kind of you know school sim thing. Um, the villain team usually is intertwined with the gyms. Usually the villains have one of the gyms or support one of the gyms or take over one of the gyms or etc. etc. But if they're given a, a a media story, I suppose, then they could have a separate thing. I mean, they're, they're clearly just covering Breath of the Wild, so they'll probably be dungeons. That's probably what it'll be. There'll be little Pokemon dungeons <laughs> to solve with little Shrine. puzzles. Pokemon and you can, throw, you can throw Pikachu and he'll move cubes and that'll... Uh, <laughs> you have to explode <laughs> Pikachu at the right time to open doors. Oh, mm. sure. And you can do the magnet thing with, like, Magnemite. Yeah, it's built... It, I mean, Pokemon is built for this. They just haven't bothered. Yeah. Yeah, cl clearly we the, some element of this has to do with the whole time travel thing. Yeah, that's like core to it, but they're not talking about that yet. Um, yeah. Okay, so we also got a Splatoon direct. We uh, did since our last episode, uh, and I watched this thing uh, with such a mix of emotions. I basically had a smile on my face and my fist clenched through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> damn it no <laughs> i love splatoon and it feels so wasted on the switch it feels like it's... such a waste to not have this be a big multi-platform free-to-play live service deal um it's just all the antiquated stuff that sucks about nintendo's online and the way that they monetize stuff 
it's just such a bad fit for Splatoon. That is such a modern multiplayer game in every other way. Yeah, and we've seen that with a lot of the other Nintendo games. Like, Smash is huge, but the scene is not about Ultimate. Right. Because it's, like you say, all the archaic, the thing that's hold it back. It's about the, the older games, which it doesn't matter that they're archaic, because that's kind of built into the, the texture of them. But Splatoon is... Uh, to start on the Wii U, or did it start on the Switch? It's very, first, very recent. Well, first first one was on Wii U. Yeah, first one was on Wii U. So it's, it's still a very modern game. Um, right. And the Wii was not very good. You know, the Switch is a good console, but it doesn't have the community, I suppose, like online community that um, all the other consoles and that PC has. So I agree. Everyone who plays Splatoon really loves it. I've never really gotten into it enough to try it, but I know loads of people who it is the shooter that they go to. It's something completely different to all the other shooters that are out there. Yeah. And not that many Nintendo games make it to three this quickly. Mm, right. Yeah. And like, and it's because the the genre and this type of game Splatoon is demands really fast updates. It demands fresh content. Um, but instead of just releasing new content for a game, they keep releasing new $60 boxes. And right. I just don't know how long that's going to be okay or how long people are going to keep making that investment. I suppose, what has it been, five years yeah. since Splatoon 2? Yeah. Yeah. Like and they said this will have two years of support. But even then, it's like every three months we'll add weapons and there'll be Splatfests. But you're going to get that inevitable dry period, aren't you? Like within that amount yes. of time. It really just should be the Apex Legends. This should be the Yeah, there should Legends. be a season pass or something in this. Because it's fitted perfectly for it. Like Splatoon is all about like weapon customization and fashion and like making your little squid kid represent you. Like yep. there's nothing stopping them from turning those splat fests, which are which are very much like two three day events. Like I'll tune in to play. Not everyone can, but if you stretched a splat fest over like three months as a season and then had a winner at the end, and that would work so well for Splatoon. But Nintendo were just like always perpetually behind when it comes to online stuff and they've said Splatoon 3 is going to have like quality of life improvements and you can tell it does but it's yeah. still like not what it should be like in so many ways their uh, business model I feel like would be more reasonable if they were putting these games out more often like mm. the fact that this one is going to have a two year lifespan and then we probably won't see Splatoon 4 for years after that makes it so that it's just like well, I can get invested in this game and this community, but then after a pretty short period of time, it is not going to be there anymore, and I'm going to mm. have to wait years before I can get back into it. Like, that seems like what happened with Splatoon 2 is people were super into it for a few years, and then they stopped supporting it as much, and now yeah. we're just... Yeah, you play that game now, it's just you're playing for the sake of it, to rank up, leading to mm. basically nothing, inevitably. It got to a point where they're like, oh, we've announced Splatoon 3, so you best, like, pick that one up to get ready for two. Like, unlike this game unlike is... the other online shooters where there's much yeah. more point than ranking up. There's always something to play for, not just another number. Like, Splatoon right. is so fun. And if they gave that, like, extra, like, bit of serotonin that you get in other live service games like Fortnite, then it could be, like... Splatoon is already huge, but I feel like if Nintendo wasn't, like bound by their old, like, really archaic vices, it could be even bigger. Like, as Eric says, mm -hmm. like, 
even watching that direct, I was like, oh, they've just made that game again, which is a, which is a good thing, but it's also like really frustrating. Yeah, mm. the whole content release structure of Splatoon is so bizarre because the it whole is. thing is timing and event based. It's not. It's not just the Splatfest. Like Salmon Run is. You on can play that like like a specific cycle. times of the day. It's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, and the the map rotation is on like an hourly cycle, and the game maps, modes are yeah. on like an hourly cycle. Like everything in that game is meant to be like this is the peaks and the valleys. This is when we bring the players in. And it's like, it has a, a very live service mindset to it. Uh, but then they just go, oh, we're going to release a traditional expansion with all this single player content. And mm -hmm. then we're at the two year mark. Exactly. No more content. Mm -hmm. So then you'll wait three more years for Splatoon four. And as soon as switch Two, switch pro, whatever comes along, like this game will just be dead, right? Like we'll move dead on to game. new hardware. This game will get be left behind, and then we'll just wait for Splatoon Four and do this whole thing over again. And it's just so bizarre, and it and it will never foster any kind of real community or competitive scene. Like, of course, people are playing Splatoon competitively, but it's but it should be there should be a you know like the the ALGS like the Apex League like mm -hmm. it should have a like thriving community. It's that kind of game. Uh, it's a really good shooter. And yeah, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it doesn't belong on the switch, but the stuff in Splatoon three does look really good. It's finally going to have, uh, like pregame lobbies. So you can actually team up with your friends and play <laughs> together. Bizarre that that wasn't a, really a thing before that. It was so complicated. Yeah. Before. You can skip the news show at the beginning now, so you don't have the fucking yeah. Uh, Which the, is... as, as entertaining as those are, it was bizarre that you can just <laughs> skip them outright. The new news team has dangly Dude, fingers, fucking... very creep mm. creepsters. Mm -hmm. We're all dangling our fingers at the camera right now. <laughs> uh, uh, We're danglers here at the game. There's a card game. There is. Uh-oh. Almost fainted. <laughs> you mentioned that you mentioned the card game in your write-up about this, but didn't go into a ton of detail about what that is or what its function is in the broader game. Um, what is the point of the card game to the it game was, as a whole? It, yeah, Eric, what's the it point? It was a 30-minute presentation, and they only wanted to talk about the card game for one second, okay. which, I, which I get. <laughs> Uh, so we don't know much. We know that uh, there are starter decks and booster packs. We don't know how you get booster packs, but it's a 1v1 reimagining of Turf War. So all of the cards mm. represent space on the battlefield that you can paint. And so you are taking turns with the other player to play cards and paint areas of, of the map. And then whoever gets more area covered uh, at the end of however many turns wins. Uh, I, it looks cool. I love that shit. <laughs> I, it look I'm, better than machine strike that's the big question it's better than oh. machine strike oh they've got freeway turf oh, wars as well strike. that's cool. oh right the, the you can three have like, where yeah it's Not really cool they're doing it too anymore. yeah it's tied in with the splat fests so whoever whichever team so there's three teams for each splat fest now and whoever's winning for at the end of the event um, you go into a three-player turf war where the winning team has all four players in the center of the map, and then the other two teams get two players that start on the outside, on the left and the right, and try to push in. 
uh that sounds really cool that that's exactly the kind of like a free thing to pick from mode. that's exciting yeah yeah um all right, that's enough Splatoon. <laughs> I, I know Splatoon is successful, but I also know most people don't give a shit. Splatoon <laughs> hype, I'm ready. Yeah. I don't care. Most people <laughs> don't care. Uh, just okay. to round out our event coverage from the weekend, we also had uh, Evo. Oh, yeah. Yes. In person Evo in. Oh, Bridget and Gary Gears. Yeah, I want to talk about Bridget. Um, there's a lot of announcements at Evo. This is basically uh, the event that makes us all think that we play fighting games for... For about a week, yeah. For a week. <laughs> <laughs> we all get super hyped to start mashing buttons, and then we realize that we suck, and we stop. I'm already uh, in like the honeymoon phase of that. I've accepted that. I'm still shit at them. But yeah, there, we, we saw some new stuff for Street Fighter Six. a couple new characters. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive, which was... The mainliner of Evo, surprisingly, yeah, it's uh, it's Strive season. It's kind of found a sweet spot in between, uh, you know, the new Street Fighter and uh, they like Tekken Eight was Tekken? Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was for Tekken. Yeah, we saw at the Game Awards. I think the way they teased. Yeah, yeah. Multiverses was the Multiverses had its debut. Uh, 100k tournament, which didn't go too smoothly, but I think every I think people are are positive about it overall. Um, but I think the what Jade mentioned the the big topic was uh, Guilty Gear announced that the next character is Bridget, who's a returning character, and then released her the next day and updates to her story. Right? Yeah, that's basically it. So, Somebody informed me. I, uh, I was not following. She is trans. That was like the big like mic drop, I suppose. I suppose mm. for context, like within the law, Bridget has always been seen as like someone who was forced to wear feminine clothes feminine clothes but was a boy, like forced into that by her family. Mm. But there's dialogue in the arcade mode in Strive when she came out, which kind of has her coming to terms of like, oh, I can accept that I'm a girl and like I think within moments of that character coming out, it exploded online and people are really taken to it. And it's kind of cool. cool. I'm sure everybody's being very normal. Yeah, very civilized, Eric. Yeah, Yeah. it's been very nice. (laughs) Was there a, there was art of this character with like a trans flag behind her, right? I feel like I saw that after. Yeah, I've seen some mods as well where people are making skins of like the trans colors and stuff. But there's obviously been some debate around it. Like there was a bad ending. No, people are saying that this is really like proper like internet gremlin people trying to fix <laughs> They're saying like, oh no, the the part where she comes out as trans is actually the bad ending. And if you play on hard mode and get to the end of the arcade mode, they say they're not trans or something like that. But like that, people have that, also... there's no way that's true, right? No, no, it's not. Like I've looked it up and people have like data people have like data mined voice lines that are going to come out in future updates that only seem to serve to reinforce the stuff that's been confirmed here so yeah it's been it's really cool i think it's great news but like every other trans character in video games she does not say the words i am transgender that, that they would can't, fix Stacey. They, they can't say the word she she never actually says those words she's mm. referred 
she kind of talks about accepting her femininity and kind of realizing that she's doesn't really need to hide her gender identity anymore, but she feels happier. Um, the way that she's kind of been raised, she is, uh, feels more comfortable. Uh, somebody called, I don't know all the character's name, somebody says cowgirl, and then corrects himself to cowboy because Dickinson. I he's think. kind of still figuring out how this works, and she says, no, 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 cowgirl is fine because well, I'm, I'm a sorry, part. But that's pretty clearly a I am transgender. So if yeah. somebody who was born a boy says I am a girl, I don't think there's another way dry. to interpret that. Yeah, yeah. But but just say the damn word. That's all. You, that's all you have to do. Just say the word. Lev yeah. never says the word in um, the Last of Us. Right. You know, it's always there. Like, I feel a bit different, and like here's how I've changed. Krem never says the word in Dragon Age. Geneva never says the word in Horizon. Um, the only one I can think of in a major game who says transgender is Thailand. Tell me why. The yeah. rest of them kind of jump around with this idea of being... It's a bit like how bisexuality was treated on television like 15, 20 years ago, when people would say that they felt different and they've always been a little bit out of step with other people. Just say the word. Yeah, yeah, it's weird because a lot of people are like, when characters and representation like this comes up, they're like, oh, I don't want it to be all about their queer identity and stuff. But also, as Stacey said, like we haven't had an example in games, at least not mainstream ones, where like a trans character is outwardly like confirmed that that's the case of their identity. And I know that would piss people off, but it's also like it shouldn't be that hard to do. We've never had a playable trans woman in something other than a fighting game or an indie game. Yeah. Ever. Like, no, we haven't, no. And there's, it doesn't make any sense to take this like weird middle road <laughs> either. No, I think to the game's credit, I think it goes pretty far. It goes a lot further than those games, and I, like I say, I think the phrasing of it is moves beyond the kind of wink, wink interpretation that queer uh, characters have to deal with to get through marketing mm. and to get through studio approval and etc. Cetera, et cetera. This is pretty firm, especially for a Japanese studio, because that's always a big thing that gamers will kind of yeah. say when we talk about queer characters in video games that. Queerness isn't a thing in Japan, and that journalists are projecting, and um, you know, not this time. All these things that are yeah, basically, like this is very <laughs> clearly not that. It yeah. just with that, I'm never really going to be satisfied until someone says the word, and I know. Tell me why has, but I yeah. really want somebody else to right. just say it. Persona Six. Do you think maybe any uh, of them are like? afraid of like the thing that mass effect andromeda like stumbled into where they were like we're being very like explicit about this but we're doing it in like a way that ends up circling back around to being yeah i think you, you make a target for your own back whenever you go out there and like with mass effect when she basically says hello i'm transgender um, that, didn't they they've got rid of it in the end yeah i i do get not wanting to go too far with it but Mary's Bridget is not even the best example of this because this is characters in video games, you get tiny kind of tidbits of lore. But mm -hmm. like, Lev has maybe 15 hours of screen time in The Last of Us. Yeah, like, right. you should have said it once. <laughs> right. like, Most of that game. Like more there's like always the argument of like, oh, well, it's like it's in the future and it's a different society and like things have changed. Like, no, they know Pearl Jam. Like, they know, they know, <laughs> they know people exist. They right. know this. They know that word. They they just do. Um, so yeah, well, no, I do. Th I do think people are a little bit afraid of 
the more you lean into it, not just the more kind of trolls you get, but even from, you know, even when it's done right, mm. you'll be told off for not doing it right enough. We saw that last year with Boyfriend Dungeon and the trigger warning. Yeah. They didn't put enough trigger warnings on and therefore it was terrible because they didn't tell you that there was a character who was going to stalk you, but they did tell you that your mom was going to text you at some point. So I do get that argument of not wanting to do it wrong, not wanting to be too heavy-handed about it. Because, you know, in real life, when trans people meet you, they don't introduce themselves as trans. Right. Um, I suppose when I speak, when I write articles or if I do panels of things, I normally do, but that's a very different environment to just meeting a stranger right, or right. talking to friends that I've known for a while. I don't remind them every conversation. They must So, um, yeah, I, I do get that it's difficult to find a way to to work in. Like I say, it's progress, and I'm very happy that Guilty Gear is doing it. I just, yeah. I'm never going to be completely satisfied until it's done. I think you're right that there definitely is a middle ground between not between just hinting at it and like the character instantly like dead naming themselves to you when you meet them. Like you can yeah. find them at medium where they are being explicit about it without being like ham handed in the way that they talk about it. Even just um, Baymax got criticized for this a, a while ago but when they had the carriage wore like the trans t-shirt. Yeah. Oh that was heavy handed but even that is a very just like a little badge. It's not yeah. like gay people wear badges. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's a, Most of them do. God, don't give anybody ideas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, not to get too far off track but the Lev hand waving always was so bizarre to me because it's like so obviously not a post gender society lev is persecuted for being yeah. trans yeah <laughs> that's their character arc that's the arc. Mm. yeah oh my goodness i will say there's one one last thing on lev because i do think it's important that like i do complain a lot about lev and it wasn't perfect but yeah Lev is the most popular character in maybe he's the biggest game of the past 15 years, and he's transgender. Mm. So there is a lot of progress being made. Mm. Right. Yeah. It's like little yeah. steps and big steps. It's all leading towards... Like, a let's let's talk about some, some combos and some cancels and some air dashes. <laughs> that he uh, well, our, speaking of persecution, I, want, I wanted to talk about David Cage. God, <laughs> 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 persecuted man in gaming. <laughs> Hashtag David Cage did nothing wrong. Uh, Mr. Cage did an interview in Edge magazine this month, uh, vehemently denying any unhealthy work culture or abuse at Quantic Dream. Mm-hmm. Um, which, uh, so that was a fucking lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, there's this quote. That I can't get over. It's a very David Cage quote. Um, He said, I don't think we had an aggressive attitude, which we can pick that apart. But Mm -hmm. when you're accused of things that go against everything you believe in, everything you've done in your life, it hurts. It went beyond just attacking the studio culture. Folks, leave David Cage alone. (laughs) Yeah. How dare you? Um, What a knob. Mm, you know, we think with what we think with David Cage is even if all of the the like, things that we don't know, all of the things that came out in the French newspapers that were allegations that I know some of them were thrown out, even if all of them are false, things that we actually know factually are terrible. 
Yeah, yeah. Like right. Elliot Page's body double had news leaked from the studio. That's a thing that exists. Mm-hmm. They are out there. Every single woman in his games are sexually assaulted without fail. He made a game about what if black people were robots and then said it was nothing to do with civil rights, even though it has a Selma march in it. Yeah. Oh my like, god. What yeah. It doesn't it almost doesn't matter what he's been accused of because the things he puts in his video games are so terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh Christ. Uh yeah. I wonder Sorry. how much pressure he is getting from like Disney to sort of that Star like, Wars game's never coming out. Yeah, I, I sort of feel the same. Like I don't even know why they got into bed with Quantic Dream to begin with. To be with honest, when... I don't know if Disney knows video games exist. Yeah. yeah. I think that, I mean I think that seems like the explanation that they saw, oh, they made a pretty game, you know, they could make a pretty Star Wars game, you know. I think that's going to be the worst game in the history of discourse because if you ignore all of the politics and the I think as a rule, journalists overthink games a little bit and players underthink them. And if you mm. underthink Quantix games, you'll have a nice time. Like they look pretty, yeah. they have choices, they're kind of exciting. There's twists you can normally see coming, but there's twists, like we get it. Mm-hmm. Someone who will switch their brain off will play Star Wars, it'll be decent. It just if it if it ever exists, if it ever comes to fruition, it'll probably be decent. But Star Wars is a franchise that has always had strong female characters, that has always been fiercely political. And that has always had fans who completely misunderstand those two things. So how do you make how does David Cage make a Star Wars game about a woman fighting fascism and make it appeal to all of the video game fans and all of the Star Wars fans? Well Boba bin Laden. Like we 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 already figured this out. Yeah, we've written this this game. I was uh, in. Oh, sorry. Carry on. I can't imagine a game I that's a bigger disaster than David Cage Star Wars. You're absolutely right. I remember seeing that trailer and like it was like, oh, this is really cool, and it was like Quantic Dream. But oh, fuck! <laughs> it has <laughs> the potential. It, now, it has the potential to start a culture war to end all culture wars. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! A war of stars. <laughs> <laughs> Star culture wars. Uh, so, but th- this interview, he just refuses to take responsibility for literally anything. There's like, no, how no, David Cage. There's no way that's true. Everything I know about the man tells me that's a lie. He just starts like tap dancing. Uh, he's like, "Have we made mistakes in the past? Probably." He can't even own that a mistake was made. A, just mm-hmm. a nebulous idea of a mistake being made. All he yeah. can say is that probably happened. <laughs> it's interesting yeah. that he wants to, seems like he wants to make games that are perceived as progressive. Like, you know, it seems like Detroit Become Human was trying to, like, be progressive. Oh, it but it also, was trying. Like, his personality type seems so much more fitted to, like, the Trump school of, like, just deny you ever did anything wrong, you know? Like, hmm. He's not a he's not the best fit for like making games that might get criticized in any way. You know, he just seems like that <laughs> he doubles down on everything. And like it was a it was a perfect game, you know. I think we saw trace that with Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain is very much the kind of game that I would expect David Cage to make. It's the stuff since where he's been chasing this. Right. 
there's um, no critical critical acclaim, I guess, that he's fallen apart. Yeah, Beyond Two Souls was very much marketed as like, oh, this lofty, like experimental drama. And it was all a little wank. They wanted um, to be The Last of Us. It wanted yeah. to be like, be lo- sh- that, it might actually have been cited before Last of Us, but it was aiming for that kind of crowd, that kind yeah. of uh, reception, that kind of legacy within gaming. Yeah. I do feel like, I feel like David Cage makes the games that people that hate Naughty Dog think Naughty Dog makes. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's very good, yeah. actually. Yeah. Like games that are really pretty and like deeply stupid and like trying to, <laughs> you know, have progressive politics, but are like just tripping, like sitting on their dick instead of like saying anything interesting. Like, yeah, he just like, that's what that's what frustrates me is like when we had the last of us 2 discourse it was like this feels like the people that hate this game are like would not talk about detroit become human much differently than this and this is obviously a much smarter piece of work than that is you know Mm. and i think that he sort of got into you know he broke through at sort of the wrong time because he made heavy rain in what 2010 and so like that game got hailed got such like critical acclaim for like being this like step forward what were we like, cinematic yeah storytelling <laughs> and games and then like three years later we get telltales the walking dead and the last of us and it's like okay well now this guy is sort of irrelevant by the standards that like have been set you know i think heavy rain was the first video game to win best narrative at the bafta i think they made it that year i think they basically made it because heavy rain deserves to have a category for it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i need to go back and play heavy rain it's like how they invented the best animation Oscar for Shrek. You know, when when you realize yeah. Shrek, and Shrek, yeah, <laughs> on the same field, I think in terms of sophistication. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I really like Heavy Rain, mm. but also the big twist in that game is that uh, one of the characters, everything that you did with them, didn't actually happen. The origami so, killer, Scott Shelby. Yeah. Spoilers. Oh, not exactly the most brilliant fucking noir story of all time. Oh, all <laughs> that shit you did in this game, that we the, that was a lie. No, mm-hmm. Actually, that's not what happened. This is what happened. This is also a bit where the um the the apartment blows up and you survived if you hide in the fridge. Which, yeah. That wouldn't I love the, I I the, the Johnny Mnemonic fucking Secret agent. He's got his Johnny mnemonic glasses on. And his glasses. And then if, if, he, if he wants to solve the case in time, he bleeds from his eyes and he dies. Oh, it's true. Oh, my God. Yeah. Heavy Rain's good, actually. Yeah, heavy Rain is good. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Uh, CNBC reports that only 1% of Netflix subscribers have played a Netflix game, which is a statistic that is neither surprising nor necessarily bad, in my opinion. Right. Uh, I mean, Netflix has a fuckload of subscribers. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like millions of people have played Netflix games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as I'm aware, everyone in the world has Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> it was everybody, and they dropped last year. I think like 10% of the world stopped having Netflix. So listed. they still have 7 billion <laughs> subscribers? Yeah. Um. um. Of course, nobody's playing Netflix games. Netflix doesn't have any games. It wasn't until two weeks ago 
mm. that it got into the breach and now it has uh, before your eyes. Before your eyes, yeah. Which are I mean, both, yeah. Like must play 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 before your eyes. Works really well in your phone too. Mm. Yeah, but how it's was any? Anybody... hadn't thought of that. It, yeah, it's amazing on 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 your phone. Um, except, uh, I don't want to get too off track, but for me to look around, well, to look around, it doesn't track like if you move your head. Like you can't hold your right. phone up and move your head. You have to touch the screen. Um, but then when I touch this, when I drag around like with my thumb, now my thumb is between my eyes and the screen. Like, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. So and that's. They should have just put the gyro. They should have just put like actual tracking. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, 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 don't know. I don't know. I thought that was a, a huge miss. Which is otherwise like a, an ideal platform for that game because it's like really short. Every phone has a camera. I get it. Ideal. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Into the breach is also perfect on it. Yes, that, into like, the breach, incredible yeah. on your phone. That like I, I wrote about it a little bit, but like any game that like you don't with it has like minimal text is like perfect in like short runs because like into mm-hmm. the breach like the longest a run is going to go is like an hour so it's like perfect if you just have some time to kill and um yeah i can easily play it with like a sitcom you oh know, kill because you background. kill aliens in it that's right yes i killed it i <laughs> yeah. killed the back i killed the back order. i see you're it's watching young stuff. sheldon and just playing some into the breach <laughs> exactly yeah i could get through a whole you know, season of young sheldon you know he's <laughs> <laughs> old Sheldon at this point. <laughs> the breach I've been playing. Um, yeah. I feel like when we're discussing Netflix games, we should mention Point Peak because some people out there will want us to. Um, I think it's a bad game. That's all I'm going to say about it. I think it's boring <laughs> and dull, and I can't believe everyone loves it. I actually it's agree. What do you think, like, Wait, no, what do you point, think is bad under the breach? Point, no. point P. Point P. Oh, Point P. I haven't played that. Oh. It's reversed down well. Mm. Oh yes. Oh wait, that, that is this. from the creator of Downwell, right? Yes. And that's on Netflix Games. Yes, it is. Check that out. I mean, I've never I mean, I just said it was bad, but yeah, yeah, it's just ignore me. That's fine. That's something you can do. Well, Stacy, do you like Downwell? Um. Yeah, I do. Oh, I it's not. It's not. It's not a thing against Downwell. I just don't think this version's very good. Okay. So. Um, Some people love it. I just don't. Hmm. Netflix signed a bunch of deals, so like there's way more stuff coming. Um, Devolver's Terra Nil, uh, which I've written about before, uh, is going to be on Netflix Games. Some other stuff I'm not remembering off the top of my head, but like it's a that platform is growing and it already has good stuff. So like it's mm. o- it's really only a matter of time. It's just like it launched nine months ago with nothing. Mm-hmm. It launched nine months ago with like generic match three and like mini golf games. Like, right. of course, nobody played it or knows. It would be it. interesting to know the amount of people who played a Stadia game within a year. Yeah, I know that then died. So that's not the best example of longevity, but I think Netflix has got a stronger business model in that. If it goes away, it's still Netflix. It whereas does. Stadia yeah. was kind of nothing. Yeah. Yeah, There's... and it seems like they just really soft launched this, like, which I feel like is kind of smart because it's like you know, you know, like you said, if it if it doesn't work, then it still is Netflix. But it seems like it is working enough that they're like sort of scaling it up, and mm. I don't know if they just keep scaling it up and keep adding more games. I feel like that number is going to pretty quickly increase from one percent of subscribers to. 
at least a solid 2% of subscribers playing Netflix <laughs> games. Um, hey, GameStop's NFTs are going really good. Oh, yay. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. <laughs> not. That was a not uh, joke. Uh, I got your ass. My boy. got ass. Uh, God, what a fucking disaster. What What do you think is worse? Selling illegal copies of indie games mm. or selling art based on 9-11 victims? Which indie games? Which, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I almost asked for a, can, a cancelable uh, question I, there. <laughs> I, think it, I think it was pointy. <laughs> Oh, that's okay then. <laughs> but no, both pretty bad. Yeah. Both both pretty bad. They've said they're going to stop. So GameStop. <laughs> Sorry we did that, they said. Wait, so what exactly what exactly are they doing, Eric? I I'm not super I haven't been following this super closely. Uh, did you see the 911 thing? No, I didn't see the 911 thing. It was pretty horrendous. gross. It's an NFT. It's just it's like a it's like a guy in a spacesuit falling from a building, but it's just a It's the falling man. It's yeah. the falling man but he's dressed uh, as an astronaut. It's like an iconic yeah. photo from that era. There's a documentary about it, like the, the yeah. journalist who published it. But yeah, it's a fairly infamous photo from that day. And GameSpot have clearly just riffed on it. I think he was too. a chef in the restaurant. I believe that is the origin yeah. of that fall. I can't believe it's, they did that it's, it's not really that GameStop did that i mean not no to... it's their plot GameStop didn't make this yes they hosted it okay okay it's, it's in the not... same way that you go on amazon and they've got those like shirts with different ethnic mm. groups that, that people want to murder you know it's not necessarily right. amazon's but also it's kind of amazon's fault it's a poorly yeah. regulated marketplace full of nft shit so of course full of garbage so of course mm. there's going to be some 911 shit in there it's <laughs> yeah. that's the thing like the 911 thing is unethical and it's just kind of really weirdly inhuman level like it's not yeah. even dark it's just disgusting really like, vulgar whereas mm. the indie game stuff is exactly the problem that nfts have always had and that they've advertised themselves as this new avenue of art as this new way to create things um but have at almost every level of mainstream business just ripped things off mm, you know right. when they had the nft game that gave you a free horse and it was just a was it an unreal asset or a unity asset that someone just spray painted right they yeah. did that horseman's head gold for the oscars that somebody was selling that was just something somebody had bought on one of the asset stores um exactly. the indie game thing is just part of the general shtick to mm -hmm. Could modify like other a, people's art for their own gain. It was like a right. bundle that you could buy with Ethereum called the Nifty Bundle. And like two of the games, they had like, they didn't have the rights to sell the games. And mm. then also the game engine from all, all of the games was mm. not licensed for this marketplace or whatever. Mm. Uh, which is pretty funny how many digital rights issues are coming up around NFTs because that's supposed to be like the solution for all of those problems, but it obviously not yeah it was that crypto restaurant in la that stopped accepting crypto and i always think that is like the that was funny. the perfect encapsulation of the problem with this it's all it's all about trying to make as much money as fast as you can it entirely relies on somebody stupider than you giving you more money for your stupidness 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and eventually, what GameStop's doing. We find the idiot. Right. right. It seems to be GameStop. Who would have guessed? Idiots. <laughs> um, okay. We will not be here next week. I will be in London for Pokemon World Championships, and we also have Gamescom. But do say uh, CG is that next to... week too? Gamescom is two weeks time. Okay. So since we won't have one before Gamescom, let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about what what to expect from the big show. Uh, yeah, the, I guess the biggest people who are there are Xbox. Xbox are taking a lot of their own stuff, uh, but they're also taking a lot of third-party stuff, which is quite neat to see. There's a lot of things that aren't Xbox exclusives even that are piggybacking on to uh, to Xbox, including a game that I know Eric's looking forward to a lot, Disney Dreamlight Valley. I got an email Ooh. about it today. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, are you seeing it? Do you have an appointment or anything? Uh, so most of the Xbox stuff we have appointments for. The only two that aren't doing appointments because they're on the public floor and they're not letting journalists book in, it's just going to show up, mm-hmm. are Sea of Thieves and Disney Dreamlight Valley. So every game Xbox has there, other than the Sea of Thieves DLC and the Disney Dreamlight Valley, we will definitely have coverage of. Mm-hmm. Um, I am planning on going to Disney Dreamlight Valley anyway. Just I'll find time. There's actually four people from the site going, so our plan is to cover most of the stuff there. I've tried to do a real mix of the big games that everyone's kind of looking forward to, but there's also a couple of um, like solo devs who are going that we've made some time for because uh, I think it's important to support mm-hmm. those kind of people uh, who are you know making video games and not just selling video games. I think there's a difference. So uh, yeah, Doobie is actually one of the things that I'm really looking forward to at. Uh, games comic because I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on it. I think it looks quite what cool. What is it? Dubium. What is that? It is kind of like a mix of Fortnite and Among Us, which I know just seems like let's make two proper games <laughs> and let's let's sell them. Yeah. Um, but it's basically Among Us, but the characters all have different abilities, so the tasks like relate to that, and also that gives you specific. Um, survival skills so there's there's two ships and you have to fly between them to do different things but some people have more oxygen so they can fly between them more often some people do tasks quicker some people are i can run faster Hmm. i've only seen like the like launch reveal um which i think was december last year it wasn't for the game awards but it was around that time so it kind of got lost in the game awardy stuff um, but this is the first hands-on that I think is happening in the world. This will be the first ever hands-on. So that's something that I, uh, I'm looking forward to see if it lives up to what I'm expecting of it, because I feel like not many people are paying attention to it. Nice. Uh, well, I'm looking at me this. What else have I got that I think should be quite good? Uh, Cluster Protocol. I think that's a game yeah. people want to see. I'm excited for that one. Uh, Scorn. Right. Oh, the HR guy gets you tell. Scorn, yeah, Scorn has got a big, big thing. There's like there's a hands-on preview and a interview. Uh, the Devil and Me, which is the new Dark Pictures game, is it Dark Pictures or is it just the Super Massive? Yeah, Dark Pictures. Dark Pictures. It's Dark yeah. Pictures. So that's that's there. I think I have an interview with them next week to prepare for it, and then I play it. High on Life, the Rick and Morty game. Okay. I don't care what people say. I think it looks good. <laughs> yeah. I'm putting it wrong, but I still want to play it. Um. 
session. There's another game that I'm quite looking forward to. No, the skating game. The skating thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, the Paw Patrol game. That's going to be there. That's it. It's not very good. It's on Game Pass. I tried it. Oh, this is the sequel, Jay. They've fixed everything. Oh, it's like and Assassin's Creed 2. They've really fixed everything. Well, what happens is the, ma- the, main, um, the main dog gets killed by a golf club at the start, and you play as no, uh, So it's a real twist on the formula, uh, Paw Patrol. That's good. I'm really glad. The <laughs> patrollers are going to go nuts for that. I heard the director was like involved in a rebellion as a kid, and that really inspired him. <laughs> I heard this <laughs> dog orgy. The main dog is the cop dog, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so they've really respond. They really, you know, responded to the changes in the culture and are, you know, <laughs> and reflect reflecting the sentiment of the uh, the current zillennial who is clearly Paul Patrol's target market. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's, yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of r- really cool games that are going. I I think. Um, Every time there's one of these big shows and PlayStation says we're not there, they kind of feel like they're too good for interesting games. They can like, no. Yeah, they've been doing this for so long. No. We'll have our own direct and we'll show God of War our own time. Thank you. Yeah. Um, which like, I get, you know, it's cheaper. People watch them direct so are a little bit more accessible because everyone in the world can do them. But um, I don't know. I like that there's going to be a, a real mix of games. Like Xbox are taking a really big presence, but there's also a couple of games that I'm seeing that are just like a guy emailed me and said, I've made this and I've basically spent my life savings on a booth. Please, please, please come and play my video game. Um, I quite like that. Mm. Obviously, we said yes. We didn't say no. <laughs> he emailed me and I said no. <laughs> he emailed me and I took great <laughs> pleasure in ruining his ambition. <laughs> Uh, and also, Keeley will be hosting opening night live. So, oh yeah, yeah, Jeff's going to be in town. That's normally got like a few bits, but maybe we know a couple of things anyway. Because yeah. in true Jeff style, he's just telling us, right? Like we know Sonic's going to be there because Jeff tweeted about it. Maybe Tekken yeah. will be there because mm. he might do that there. That would be quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping. I feel like if I did know, I wouldn't be able to talk about it. So I'm not going to say whether or not I know Titans there, but it would surprise me and it would be cool. Mm. So good, good cover. Nice. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Hopefully, there's some announcements there, and then a couple weeks later at PAX West, we'll get to play some new stuff too. Mm. Yeah, that'll be good. You're at that one, aren't you? Yes. Uh, Okay, let's take a quick break. We have a couple new releases to talk about. Uh, I. Played all the way through Spider-Man Remastered on PC and on the Steam Deck. Jade, you played some Deal Field Chronicles. Uh, perfect. Okay, we'll, we'll be right back to talk about those two and maybe something else. Keep it mysterious. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be right back. Welcome back to the show. We have a rare opportunity to talk about an old game. <gasps> uh, but we didn't have a podcast when Spider-Man came out. So we did. Now we do. Now we and do. And this Spider-Man is not a just cop. strong. Yeah, he's a cop. <laughs> he's, also, he's also very wide. This Spider-Man can get so My goodness, wide. how wide this boy is. Yeah. <laughs> so I played Spider-Man Remastered, which is the first Insomniac Spider-Man and the Black Cat DLC 
It does not include Miles, which mm. I should have put in my review, but I think that's that's coming to PC, right? It should have just been game. the whole thing. Yeah, yes, but but Spider-Man Remastered came with Miles, right? It was the only way uh, to play Spider-Man oh, Remastered. Technically, no. Miles came with Spider-Man Remastered. They yeah, sold it to Miles yeah. and got Spider-Man with it. Yeah. It was okay. a certain edition. That came this, is, with... this is setting the tone because I'm going to defend Spider-Man a lot during this oh, show because no. I really like it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, yeah, let's set the table here. So <laughs> I love Spider-Man, the, the man. I love mm. the, the man the spider. The character. <laughs> Um, there, (laughs) I know the word character. All right. Um, (laughs) there is a lot to love about Spider-Man, the game. I overwhelmingly don't like it, uh, for, sorry, it just got really loud. Um, for largely ideological reasons, which is a pretty annoying, way to critique a big triple a superhero game (laughs) um but i have now i've spent 25 hours with the remaster i'm sure i spent that much with it originally my feelings have not changed Mm -hmm. in in those 50 hours about it um but i i want to start off with this since i know most people play this game i think the best way the, the simplest way to explain my feelings about this game is uh, last night I was doing the secret photos. Once you get level 50, they put a bunch yeah. of more a bunch more locations. Mm. I'm I'm deep into the Spider-Man remaster. I'm doing the mm-hmm. bonus photo collections. And I took a picture of Oscorp. And when you take that picture... Oh, Spider-Man, I know what you're going to say. When you take that picture, Spider-Man goes, Oscorp. I've got my problems with the way they run business, but you can't deny they're a huge success. And he's not saying it ironically. It's like fucking saying that bad. (laughs) He's he's saying you got to give it to him. And folks, (laughs) you don't got to give it to them. And that's, that is representative of who Peter Parker is in this game. Mm -hmm. And the, the lens through which this Spider-Man sees the world, and it is endlessly frustrating to me. Um, is he a boomer? Is he old enough? He, he no. is not a boomer. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> is he in his mid forties? Like, are you asking me? Are you asking me if Spider-Man is a seventy-year-old man in this game? Yeah, this this Spider-Man fighting. Um... No, the thing you have to understand. I'll play that game. The thing you have to understand about this Spider-Man is that he absolutely voted for Pete Buttigieg in the Democratic primary. A so hundred million gajillion percent. Yeah. No, he, I think he, he wouldn't vote for Bernie. No. Oh, absolutely no yeah. chance. He he thinks that the forward party has some pretty interesting ideas. <laughs> yeah. He thinks a- Andrew Yang is a guy you could get a drink with. That's no, this yeah, he does. That's that's who this Peter Parker is. It's <laughs> very, very, very frustrating. Uh, the yeah. game begins within five minutes with a squad of police turning on Spider-Man. They are on the take with Kingpin, and they all try to kill him. And Spider-Man does, shrugs it off. Ah, that happens, <laughs> and so immediately gets bad, you know immediately gets to work. Uh, building a network 
of po- police scanners yeah. across the city. Yeah, that is the darkest part of that game is that Spider- Spider-Man is just like, not just complicit in the surveillance state, he's like actively building like- Building out, it for them, yes. Right, the infrastructure for the cops to surveil the people of New York. Yes. Uh, I Dan is beautiful think... in in ultra wide 4K. Maybe <laughs> I sorry, I Stacey, think, go ahead. think the sequel is going to address that because twice in the DLC that is mentioned as a problem. I, I I'm not going to give them credit and say they set it up. I don't think they did. I think they wrote a pretty terrible thing for Spider Man to do and then try to backpedal hard. But mm. twice in the DLC that is addressed as a bad thing for him to have done. And then Miles literally has a gunpoint at him by the police force in, uh, mm-hmm. or by the, it's not actually the police, but it's like the enforcement of the city. I mm-hmm. think the sequel will reckon with that idea. I think but Insomniac is more than self-aware enough to, to they address that when they made this game. They no, were they weren't. Very no. when they made this game. They were, they, I mean, they weren't fresh off Sunset Overdrive, though, to be fair. They weren't, they weren't in their <laughs> deepest thinking period. <laughs> I think Miles Morales is also just such a gigantic improvement over this game that I am hoping that they bring all the lessons that they brought from that, including it not being copaganda to Spider-Man 2. At least I don't remember anything copaganda-ish in Miles Morales. Maybe I'm just blocking it out, but I don't remember it feeling at all the well, same way. Miles's Miles's dad obviously was a cop, so there's right. very much... Miles is a way... That there is goodness within police officers, but he's also very aware as an Afro Latino who lives in Harlem that the police has made his community worse. Yeah, he, he sees his dad as one of the good ones, and he does believe in the idea of a police force and criminals being put away and doing your time in, in punitive justice. Okay. But he has his eyes open a lot more as to the problems that police cause. And I think it's not actually a police officer, but I think having the like enforcement, government, tough guys hold him at gunpoint just for existing near him as a teenage boy mm-hmm. was kind of as close as in something like we're ever going to get to saying police are bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, even Spider-Verse doesn't do that. Spider-Verse does a thing where he leans away from the gun because they originally wrote it uh, that Miles' dad would hold the gun on him. Spider-Verse trivia fires. There we can. Mm-hmm. Um, S- Spider-Man has... Th- this is not entirely divergent from the comic book history of Spider-Man. So mm-hmm. I don't want to get into how true it is to the character because the reality is that hundreds of people have written Spider-Man for over 60 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... You know, everybody's got a different take. I think Insomniac's takes kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, let me say a couple more things I don't like about this game. <laughs> uh, the police di- don't do any anything. The police mm-hmm. cannot. The only thing the police do is uh, at the beginning of the game, they try to kill Spider-Man, <laughs> which he mm-hmm. gets over quickly, I mentioned. Um, but otherwise, all of the crime fighting is on Spider-Man. 100% of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a, a car chase, it's the cops are chasing the guy, bad guys around, they're never going to catch him. 
no. they're, they're never going to catch him if Spider-Man doesn't catch him. If there's a shootout in the middle of the street, the, the every cop bullet will just fly off into the air, probably hit a baby sleeping in a bassinet nearby. Like They can't do a single thing. Spider-Man is mm-hmm. 100% of the crime fighting in New York. And yeah. he swings around and he gets calls from his surveillance network and they go, Spider-Man, there's a, bo- a car bomb. And then you go and you deal with the car bomb. There's a bunch of different crimes that you can deal with. Uh, like I mentioned, there's shootouts, there's high-speed chases where the the villains are just firing randomly into the air. Um, but do you want to know which crime is Spider-Man's least favorite? No, because I played the game. I don't know what you're going to say. Drugs. Drug deals. Spider-Man tells you that drug deals are his least favorite. His most hated. on multiple occasions. Yes. Would he would he like kick the shit out of me if I was like doing streams at a college bar? <laughs> Worse <laughs> than he he pulls people out of the trunks of cars that have been kidnapped. That <laughs> drug deals are worse than that. Worse than shootouts in the street. Like What's that is a murder. Worse than murders. Drug deals. <laughs> that that really that's a mob. Yeah. This is Spider Man who also works at a homeless shelter. Drugs killed Uncle Correct. Ben. Yeah, um, he's been he, around that system, and like he's still uh, delivering those kind of lines. That's yeah, an I, in the writing. I think. The the ideology of how Spider Man is written in the Terminator game is terrible. Mm. The oh, I don't want to defend. I don't want to like be. I like Spider Man. I'm going to defend it. I do think it's levied at Spider Man a lot more than it is at other superhero games. Mm. Um, you know, people. I think it's often held up as oh, well, this isn't happening in Arkham. What? That's the that is Argum. That's Argum for three games. That's what Argum is. Yeah, you're a bad think, guy. Punch. I think to like to get back to what we were, you know, we, we were talking about like characters explicitly stating things and how that can make something good or bad. I think like with Spider Man is that he frequently tells you, "I love cops. Cops are the best. I'm Spider Cop." <laughs> you know, he yeah, wants to cop. Cop. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think that is why it came to a head with that game is like not just the mechanics and the systems that he is like a part of, it's that he like will never miss a, he'll never miss an opportunity to tell you no. how good he thinks police are, you know. Absolutely. No, like I like I said, I don't want to dig me heels and be like, I like Spider Man, I'm going to defend that. I think the ideology of the game is by far and away the worst part of it. Like I'm sure it's gonna get under like some of the boss battles and some of the repetitive fetch quests and things like they are just parts of video games. Fundamentally, yeah. the ideology of Spider-Man is a major flaw. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, do I think, think the DLC helps fix it, and I think Miles helps fix it, and I'm hopeful mm. too will fix it. I am hopeful I mean, too that they have listened to us whiny media types. Yeah, because... I mean, I'm with you, Stacey. I think like it is as fun a game as I played that year for sure like it was number two on my game of the year list just on the basis of how good it feels to like swing around and i like the combat a lot i i think the stealth is frustrating because it's like you can get through one wave of bad guys just doing stealth and then as soon as you knock out the last one a bunch of guys running and start attacking you you know like they didn't Mm. build it to be compatible with stealth which i think is frustrating Mm. Especially because you have so many different like tools that would be cool to use for stealth. Yeah, unless you're doing stealth as um, Mary Jane, right? <laughs> Endlessly. Yeah, I I, mm. I can complain a lot about the gameplay. I'll move on from 
the <laughs> politics of Spider-Man, like I could do another 10 minutes on the third act being about all the prisoners coming out and turning the city into a hellscape. Mm-hmm. Um, but I won't. So let me just complain about the actual gameplay a little bit. Mm-hmm. By the way, I like this game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I, you, yeah, you, um, no, the alone who sets it up. Eric, tell us what you gave it. Four out of five. <laughs> and I, and I'll, and I'll justify that. But before I do that, uh, let me vent a little bit more. Okay. Um, <laughs> the radial menu for gadgets is a nightmare. And the fact that it is not only in the original game, but it's also in the remaster and in Miles, unchanged, with no other control options, uh, is unforgivable. <laughs> it is ridiculous to constantly pause the game mid-combo to roll around on a radial menu and look at little symbols and pick a new mm. gadget to throw out. Batman, as Stacy mentioned, solved this problem a decade before by giving you like little combos to do. You hold L1 and you press triangle and that shoots out the back claw. Mm-hmm. You hold L1 and you press square with X together and that does this finisher. Spider-Man has finishers and he has like a ground pound he can do but if you press like square next together but otherwise if you want to use any of his gadgets you have to pause the game and pick one use it and then pause the game and pick another one it ruins combat is it not terrible am i am i crazy it's really bad right i just use the web blossom throughout the entire game you just use the default yeah yeah you just (laughs) go fuck the gadgets because it it kills everyone like straight well not not kill you know what spidey's like I think you just. I, 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 like it. I, I don't think it takes very long to pause. It's. I, I think it's. It's not that it takes long. It's that it. It's pausing. <laughs> you pause. Fine. No, I get. I get that. But like, I don't know. I feel this. I have complained about things like that, and like, the RPG games when you like the, with the Dragon Age, with the real time combat, where you kind of start and pause it. In most of the games, for whatever reason, it doesn't in Spider Man. I think because. My thing with it is, I love the combat in the Batman games. I would love if Spider-Man had that. This is... Um, maybe they didn't want to be accused of you know, copying um, mm. Batman. But the thing with it is, it's instantly rewarding. There is no like setup. Like You, you pause it, go on the radio menu, and you do the... Um, I don't know, like the web blast, the explosion thing. Yeah. When half a second that's happened and the effects of it have happened and you can deal with it, I think that is a big part of it. There's no real sense of cooldown or recharge. You can't just use things infinitely, but once you're far enough into the game, you have so many gadgets and so many of them. And combat is fairly short. It's a lot of very small skirmishes. Mm-hmm. that you. It's very rare once you've... I don't know what level you have to be to unlock them all. Once you've kind of unlocked enough of them, it's very rare that you run out. So mm-hmm. if you want to just punch and use the web sling as you can and i think combat is fine because like you say there's the ground pound and there's the finishes and if you want to use everything the game never takes that away from you it's not for everyone but i i just makes it unbearable to use personally i think it just it just (laughs) it just never bothered me like i think i know where the things that i use most often are on the radial menu and can go to them very quickly or i was like yeah, or I was playing stealth and was like, okay, it doesn't matter how like slowly I go through this menu, I can pick the right tool for the, um, you know, whatever trap I want to set. So, 
I don't know. I mean, yeah. Eric, it sounds like you just are playing it differently than I did. That's I, the thing that you were saying for Batman. Sorry, I'm cutting you. I'm not letting you give me a chance to respond, which is how I win all my arguments. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when you were playing Batman, you were like, oh, you push L1 and triangle. For Spider-Man, for me, I know I push L2 and up on the um, analog stick, and I, I don't remember it, so I don't know. When I was playing it, I knew that L2 up, it worked. I knew that was what was going to happen instantly, so I felt like I was still doing that. Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't pause it and then turn around and go to the guy like who's like sure. at seven o'clock behind me and use the um, owl drone thing. I just would go right. You're in front of me, doing boom. You turn around, you're boom. I get it. It, I, it, it is usable. I, mm -hmm. I think. I think my argument is that it would be better if it wasn't that way. That's all. Uh, I, and and there way. are easy solutions. They, I mean, they could have made one button that cycles through them. The D-pad does not do anything. Or the D-pad, yeah. Like left and right on the D-pad, which aren't used. Yeah. L1 is not used in this game. It's just a, a dead button that it could have just been used to cycle through them. Like every mm. tap brings out a new weapon. Like even that would have been better than only this radial menu. And like once again, this game has come out three times now. Right. And they never improve this yeah they, they're yeah. not going i mean they, miles had fewer powers because it was a smaller game but miles had four powers and they, they worked in the exactly the same way i don't yeah. think there's any chance that this changes in any material way for spider-man 2 very frustrating to me i i think overall mainly because actually ratchet and clank has the same thing for the weapons it's just insomniac's thing if you want to change weapons in insomnia in uh ratchet and clank you open a radial menu slows so down do time it. doesn't it you, like super in ratchet and clank you can cycle you don't have to open the radar menu. You can just... I always rotate. did, so... You can rotate. But you have the option, yeah. Um, okay. I, I think I think Spider-Man is a antiquated open-world game full of boring checklist bullshit. You collect the bag. You chase the bird. It's very 2012. It's, it's, the game is mostly filler. Uh, now, Eric, I have a question for you. Yeah. Why did you give this game a four out of five? Is it just because the ultra wide is so cool? Man, the ultra wide is so cool, dude. Holy <laughs> shit, is it good? It's just like, I, so I wrote something about this. I don't know if it's up yet. It's not up yet. Um, I, I played Horizon when it came to PC, mm. and I was just like, just in awe of like how amazing it looked in like that panoramic. Uh, view and like all the landscapes and the big monsters in the distance and you could just take in so much of the world. Um, but then with Spider-Man, because it's just like cityscapes, uh, playing it in that like panoramic view and swinging around, um, you know, it's like, I hate using the word immersive, but it is. That's exactly how it feels to play when, when you have this like extreme wide sc screen angle. And because of the distortion of a, of a wide screen, like the wider your screen is, the more the edges start to bend. It's just a way that like camera lenses work. Um, it makes it, when you're swinging, it makes it feel like you are just fucking flying. Like you are just blasting your way through the city. And it's, uh, and everybody agrees that like the swinging is the core of the Spider-Man gameplay, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's yeah. what makes it so much fun to play is swinging around the city. Uh, and that is better 
in the PC version than any of the other versions. Like this is the, the best way to play Spider-Man remastered is on a like wide ultra widescreen monitor, which is, sucks because it's, you know, most people don't have an ultra widescreen monitor, mm-hmm. but uh, boy, if you can get one, it like, it's a whole new game. Yeah, it's incredible. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to give it a four out of five. The Steam Deck version is good. I would say uh, you have to play it on low, which isn't too bad for because the screen's so small. It's not that bad. Um, you have to have a decent charge and be plugged in because if you're just playing off battery and you're less than half your battery it does not run very well. And especially mm. like some of the big set pieces, like the, the, the prison break. And um, like in the, exp- in the DLC, when you're fighting with Felicia, that kind of stuff does not run well, at least right now. So I got through the whole game. I played almost half of it on the steam deck and I would say you can do it. Um, but it does definitely show some limitations. Mm. Uh, of the Steam Deck, but yeah, I honestly the the four out of five is because of the widescreen and because swinging around a Spider Man is very good. They they did that exceptionally well, mm-hmm. which is like most of the game. That's yeah, really. I mean, that was the most. That was most of the reason why I loved the game when it came out. Is just it feels incredible to swing around New York. I hope they like sort of beef up the. You know, like there's like a trick system, like in Spider-Man, right? But it's not very built out, and I hope is it they better in it... Miles? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I hope they build it. There, up are, further there are four tricks you can do in Spider-Man. I think there are twelve you can do in Miles, possibly sixteen. Mm. Yeah, the I would s- like. I would love for that to be really expanded in Spider-Man too. The stuff they did with like the way his animations react to different shapes and architecture when you like run along buildings or if there's like a fire escape in the way and the way that you can like corner, you can like web the yeah, edge you of web the building the and yourself around take, take a right angle. Or when you reach the top of a roof, how you can fling yourself horizontal, like up and over yeah. uh, all of that stuff that just helps you like keep mom- momentum. And um, it always feels purposeful. Like everything that gets better in miles. Yeah, a- a- every move he does, you never feel like you're smacking in the sides of buildings. You never feel like an amateur. You know, mm-hmm. they find a way to like, like correct every move you make so that it feels mm-hmm. super intentional and just like stylish and fun. Yeah, I wish they had focused on other parts of the game besides that, but <laughs> they yeah. polished the shit out of web swinging, and then we're like, oh, uh, put some backpacks around the city. Fuck, right. I don't know, <laughs> cops. <laughs> Yeah, talk like about how great if, cops are. If Spider Man 2, <laughs> 2 has like actually good side quests and like a better story, that could be like an all timer for me because I really like like Spider Man 2018 despite its flaws. And if like they can like take the core that they have, that is every everybody seems to agree the swinging feels great, you know, if they can take that and put it in a game that has like you know. Not necessarily like Witcher three level side quest, but like good, more thought out side quest. And I would, you know, I think it could be the best Spider Man game there's ever been. You know, I I think uh, we know we know three is doing Venom at least. Venom and Craven and Craven, yeah, yeah. and it's two as well. Miles is not officially a sequel. It will be called Spider Man two. Spider Man two, yeah. Um, 
obviously Craven's last hunt is like an iconic Spider-Man story. And if they're like doing Craven, you assume that they're going to pull from that. But for Venom, who is like, you know, the, the poster child of nineties comic books, mm-hmm. um, they can't, you can't really do the alien suit saga. Like I, they're not going to do secret wars. Like, uh, Venom is the ending teased spoilers for them played Spider-Man, I guess. The ending teased that Venom was going to be uh, Green Goblin. It's gonna be Harry, yeah. It was gonna be Harry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so they, they can they're completely free to do their own Venom origin and, and their own like take without being tied down to um source material or whatever. And like they ha- they have an opportunity. They have a real opportunity to to reinvent Venom in a cool way, okay. um, you know. Obviously, better than any of the movies have. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's all for Grace, come on. Uh, yeah, no, we. I don't <laughs> think we've never seen a cool Venom, and it makes me wonder if Venom can be updated or if it's a character stuck in the '90s. You know, Michael Sarah yeah, as Venom. Now that, that could get fun. I mean, like, I feel like the Tom Hardy version, it has its moments. Like, I think, like, there is, those movies just, I mean, I like the first one a lot. I think the second one is just okay. But I feel like those movies that in moments really tap into something interesting with Venom and, like, the dynamic between Eddie Brock and Venom being sort of a, you know, dysfunctional relationship, I think is fun. And, like, Tom Hardy is always going to, you know, take things to a batshit place, which is fun to watch. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I do agree with you that there hasn't been a version of that character that feels as iconic as, like, the 90s animated cartoon Venom. That is, like, the de- that's like the default best Venom for me. Yeah, and I think the sort of slapstick romantic comedy of the those movies is always going to be something very specific to those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it does just emerge from Tom Hardy's specific performance. I, th- you know? I think you're probably right, yeah. yeah. Um, I mostly shit on this game. Four I'm sorry, five. Spider-Man fans. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think all three Arkham games are better than Spider-Man. Oh, my. No, no that's just yeah. not true. I think, no, no, I think chance. that's right. I think that's right. Definitely think, the first one. You think Arkham Knight is better than Spider Man? You, you don't. I think, you I, think, I think Arkham Knight is better than Spider Man, yeah. I think I Arkham do. City is better, but I think Spider Man is better than Arkham Knight or Asylum for me. I think I would agree, but I can see the argument for Asylum. Yeah. yeah. Mostly just not Knight. I didn't finish Knight. I just. Too much. I mean. I mean, maybe if I played more of it, I would like it more, but I was not. I, I've played the Arkham Trilogy twice, which I feel is a habit that I just play superhero games over and over. <laughs> um, I, no, Spider-Man is ahead of it for me. I think Miles is better than this Spider-Man. Obviously, Miles yes. is the only shorter, which counts against it. But um, there's definitely where Spider-Man could be improved, because I think it's spin-off, if you want to call it that. Uh, it does so. Well, it's bad. I'm just not listening. I mean, that's not as good as night. I can argue about Asylum, and I think City has the edge. But it's not bad, not night. I'm not. I wouldn't die on that hill. I. But yeah, I, I maybe I need to play them again. Maybe there's some rose tinted glasses around Arkham uh, Night specifically. But 
Definitely Asylum and City are better. Than what about Origins? Is, is it I never Origins? played it and I probably never will. Um, <laughs> I think, I mean, I'm with Just you. Just City covered City. in snow. <laughs> I think City is probably the maybe the best superhero game ever made. I wouldn't die on that hill, but... Superman 64. X-Men um, Origins uh, Wolverine. I had not considered Superman 64, yeah. And X-Men <laughs> Origins Wolverine, particularly the Wii version. If we're talking about the Wii version, then we've got <laughs> yeah. our... Where you raise the controller and slice his head off with a helicopter. Uh-huh. I think there's a lot more good superhero games than we remember. I mean, even Infamous is a superhero game. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Crackdown's a superhero game. Saints Row 4. <laughs> Um, the Last Mar- of Us 2. Marvel Ultimate Alliance, mm-hmm. X-Men Legends, all the fighting games, Marvel vs. Captain. And Justice, in, Marvel Justice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of good ones. We've got two more this year, and then Wonder Woman, at some under 2-1 point in the future. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Guardians. Guardians was good. Oh, Guardians, is, Guardians is good, too. Black Panther. I mean, there was Not a Black Panther game. game. <laughs> Are you just naming superheroes? No, there's a Black Panther <laughs> game being made, isn't there? It's being uh, made. Oh, oh, yeah, oh it's, it's being made. made. Oh, okay. Sorry. Let's <laughs> <laughs> make a Blade game. Yeah, uh, and Sunday's also game. doing Wolverine. Oh, I feel yeah. like if they made a if they made a Blade game that had sort of the aesthetic of uh, Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines, that would probably be my favorite game Ooh. ever made. Blade's not exactly known for uh, his long conversations. No, I'm Blood talking about more, the, more the vibe, just the vibe. <laughs> oh, you know, gotcha. I feel like yeah. you know, yeah, modern gothic. The Deadpool game wasn't bad, you know. I feel like it was yeah, that game's all right. Deadpool game's okay, and Jay mentioned Wolverine. Actually, I thought that one. Was that game's good. not bad either. Yeah. Uh, Anybody okay. played the Iron Man game on PS4, PS5? Which one? The, the VR game. one. Yeah. Oh How yeah, I did. Yeah, was I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, does Anthem cool. count as a superhero game? Are we saying that that's better than Spider-Man? No. <laughs> Are we putting that in the mix? <laughs> I do think Anthem's pretty fun, though. I think flying around in Anthem is pretty fun. I think PS1 Spider-Man is still really good. Yeah, mm. those, those two PS1 games. Absolutely. And how good a Venom? That one had a great Venom. Yeah. Mm. Very funny chase sequence with Venom through the city and through the sewers and stuff. Through the subway, oh, through the sewers. That's right, it's the sewers. The sewers yeah. Has anybody mentioned Spider-Man Two for GameCube and PS2? Because that was the high water mark for me before <laughs> the Arkham games and. Uh, and I that oh, really? Great. I mean, that's the one that has like you know, like the original Spider-Man for GameCube. You just like swing from the sky. Yeah, and in Spider-Man Two, you have to like use specific, you know, points. Like you're finding buildings to swing from and stuff like that, which is really cool. The, this Insomniac Spider-Man is feels very much like a remake of Spider-Man Two. Like, yeah, just, just trying to do mm. everything that game did, but better. And but no pizza deliveries, which as a pizza fan, that was a bummer for me. No I like the deliveries. idea of Spider-Man delivering pizzas. It combines yeah. my two interests. Spider-Man 2 had uh, some of the busy work involved. Uh, little girls would let balloons go, and you'd have to race it up yeah. and get the balloons for them before they flew away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just classic Spider-Man gameplay. Mm. Jade, why don't you tell us about Dealfield Chronicles? No. So it's basically Fire Emblem if it was really boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show for the week. Thanks, everybody. 
maybe, maybe, maybe that's disingenuous. But no, it's like it, it's it's another RPG from Square Enix that feels like it's kind of it's that lower tier. Like it's not Final Fantasy. It's not a remaster. It's like a B tier game. Mm-hmm. Like Valkyria Elysium is coming out later this year. If or like Project Triangle Strategy. Like it feels like it's on a similar level to that. And I'm not really sure what to think of it. I played the demo, which is now publicly available. And you basically play as a group of like 20-something mercenaries who are pulled into this house that's run by a duke. And you're kind of just told after an introductory cutscene. It doesn't give you much lore. Oh, you're fighting for this house now. You need to... And we're neutral in this big conflict between these two warring nations. And it's it's that usual thing of like a fantastical place filled with like proper nouns and confusing names and load of other nonsense. But it's interesting in games like Fire Emblem and Final Fantasy because they mm. build the characters up to be quite compelling and, and likable. But outside of like a cool combat system, I'm not sure this game really has any of that. Because it's it's kind of the gameplay is hard to describe because it's kind of like fire emblem in that you control these units on a field but it, it's in real time like an rts so you don't oh. take turns or anything you kind of use the the thumbsticks as like cursors to lead individual units around oh as an importance placed on positioning and like executing certain abilities and like keeping your distance so not everyone dies so the gameplay is quite interesting but goodness me, it's dull. When they like, auto battle, like you just lead yeah. units into each other. Huh. They don't auto battle, which is kind of frustrating. Like if you're if you're not constantly on top of your units, they'll just stand still and, and like get killed if an enemy comes within their like cone of vision or their radius. So that's frustrating. And it's just I don't know. It's just I want to like it because the visuals and like the personality is kind of cool. But aside from the combat, it's doing nothing for me i felt really bad <laughs> in my preview like you described it to me as being full um, fire emblem for tories it is yo because listen Great. to some of these names awesome. right listen to some of these names andreas ronderson frederick lester iscarian colchester <laughs> and hazelia shafem and uh what are the Shafem, i barely called? know him the kingdom the... back to the podcast a couple of weeks ago when we had like just random noises when i guess the name from it oh <laughs> man rob and angela and Stephen. <laughs> i can't remember but they're all boring so it doesn't matter but <laughs> basically mm-hmm. do you know how in fire emblem you have this hub like garrick Mo- monastery and it's full of like interesting characters to talk to and like fascinating storylines to follow outside of the main objectives and stuff like that well this mm-hmm. has it tries to mimic that like dynamic, but it's basically just a mansion where all of the staircases are locked off. And the only people to really talk to are NPCs that give you quests or your party members, but you don't really advance relationships with them. It's more just like dumping small bits of lore or giving contextual information about what you just did or what you're about to do. And then there's the usual array of like, merchants and equipment stuff that you'd find in a jrpg like this and some skill trees and the game seems to hint towards like a more fascinating story to do with fantasy and like getting in between these two kingdoms are like fighting and 
taking part in a war that for the for this like for the past like 10 years or so your kingdom's kind of just completely stayed out of it but now you're getting involved like but that's also a story i've seen in like two jrpgs this year alone like it's very similar to what triangle strategy did but that game had mm. like some some really welcome character stuff and some unexpected like fantasy elements whereas this seems to borrow stuff from final fantasy and fire emblem but not really understand what makes those games so appealing mm. so I, I suppose like i said before like the battle system's cool if a little cumbersome but outside of that like I think there's a good reason this game hasn't really set the world on fire. It was kind of announced and people were like, oh, okay, Square Enix is making like a tactical RPG. That's cool. Then they said it was coming out in September and like nobody's talking about it. And I don't know, I feel bad shitting on it, but I play a lot of JRPGs and coming off the back of stuff like Xenoblade Chronicles and Live Alive, this is just, it feels like something that's putting me to sleep a little bit. Brutal. Yeah, sorry, Square Enix. Stop Sorry. making NFTs and stop making better video games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm glad you checked in on that one. Maybe we don't have to talk about that one again. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to review it. Could someone else do that? <laughs> um, okay. So, like I said, no show next week, as I will be in foggy London town. Oi, oi! It might be hot. Pip, pip. It won't be Cheerio. foggy. You're telling me I'm not going to see any fog? Well, we've got a heat wave at the moment, and it's going to rain next week, so maybe you'll come in time for the cooler weather. Oh, there better be fog. Well, there better be. It's not the same if there's not. Dude, no, if, there's no, if you want fog, I'll come up north, man. You want to see the fog on the yeah. time. Uh, maybe I will. Maybe I will. Tune. Our next episode, <laughs> the week of the 26th, we will have so much to talk about, including Roller Drone. Oh, Immortality, cool. Kirby Dream Buffet, sure? uh, Saints Row. Oh, Saints yes. Row's out this month, isn't it? Exciting. It is, it is, it is. Rumbleverse, mm -hmm. maybe Cult of the Lamb, maybe Tower of Fantasy, which is a mobile gacha game I really wanted to ignore, but it already has like 10 million players. So, <sighs> so I again, I talk about that. Uh, huge, huge week, a double stuffed big game of an episode. So you won't want to miss it. Thanks for <laughs> tuning in and we'll see you next two. Bye weeks. everyone. Bye. Sorry for being bad about the RPG. <laughs>